Hey everybody, welcome to the, the, the first of either 99 or 102 ALF podcasts, depending on whether or not we do two-part episodes. Oh, dear, dearie me. I don't know if the, uh, the two-part episodes deserve two full podcasts, but we'll be recapping every episode of ALF um, until we get tired of it, which is probably by episode three and a, three and a half. <laughs> oh, come um, on, don't, don't sell yourself short here. There's a, there's a lot of quality quality discussion points. I mean, I've got a big notepad list here typed up of oh, good. of key talking points. Good. I uh, I have a Google Doc. This is Byron Hussey and Michael Vianslavic. Not bad, not bad. Also known as uh, Bombardier on uh, various internet forums and or Bombardactyl uh, more recently. Have I've you... been transitioning away from the Bombardier for some reason. Well, you know, I've uh, I've been by robot for years, and I've been I don't want to say I've been transitioning away from it, but I just have been just using my my real name more. It's I, very similar, I'll have to say. I'm not really sure where you came up with by robot, but you know, I think I stole it from somebody. I think I think one of my friends called called me by robot one time to be funny, and I was like, oh, I guess that's that's pretty cute. You know, I'm like a cute guy, like. I like calling myself cute stuff, you know. Yeah. Come up with cute little pet names for myself, which is basically what a screen name is. Like it's a cute little, cute little <laughs> nickname you de- you devise <laughs> for yourself. I th- yeah. Well, see that that was my thinking too. I I thought you know a, pl- a play on a brazier and some guy that drops weaponry out of an aircraft. And uh, I- it could have been more cute in terms of you know like merging that with some sort of dinosaur. And isn't there also, isn't like a brassier, like a French restaurant? Uh, I should know since yeah. I'm very obviously French, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's like they, sure, yeah. I think it's like a steak I restaurant. I can agree to agree. I think they uh, cook up the steaks in a lot of like brass, like kettles and stuff. Kettle fried steaks. <laughs> um, and I thought maybe the name of the, the podcast, um, Help Me Rhonda. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? No. I honestly remember very little of this show other than the theme song. Well, this is just going to blow it out of the water. Real. Well, it was 1986 babies. Well, no, it'd probably be 87. When did? Okay, first of all, when did the show come out? Uh, let me go to my notes. The first episode aired on uh, September 22nd, 1986. So I was barely able to piece together sentences at that point. Yeah, Very were good. you were you born in 86 or 85? Early 85. So, okay, so I could comprehend that there was. A small person in a fuzzy outfit making bad jokes. Yeah. That's probably the extent of my uh, abilities at that point. Yeah, that's the age where you sort of watch, watch stuff because, like, it's just 
it's you're supposed to and it's just in front of you um which oh, yeah. i think i think is the only reason anybody ever would have watched alf like you're supposed to like this because it's a, a funny cute character it's not it's not it's obviously not good like i'd like to right. think that the creators had us in mind 30 what well, is it i don't know i don't want to do math however well, many years later 86 it's it's actually almost show, we're dissecting almost, it to a extremely large podcast audience we're just about a year shy of the 30th anniversary of the premiere valve um, oh my goodness the, well that would make sense the show is actually conceived by uh, paul fusco the creator and the voice of alf and um i there wasn't a lot of thought that went into it he basically had a like he was a he was a puppeteer and he had like a a, a funny alien character that apparently he like irritated his family with Okay. They thought this would make a good show. And I think that was pretty much it. And he's he That's has stuck pretty much the premise, isn't it? Yeah, and he has stuck with Alf as like the only thing he does uh, ever since. He still is out trying to get Alf uh, back into the zeitgeist. He ne- he's never really given it up. What has he been involved with lately? Like, has he been successful in this? Not really. There was like a very short-lived um, Alf uh, sort of fake late night talk show in the mid um aughts maybe 2006 oh interesting okay the last thing i actually remember watching this were i believe there was at least one movie yeah there was a movie is that right the movie they made actually i've never seen it um but they made the movie because the finale was a the first part of a two-part episode but the the show was canceled mid-season so we never figured out what happened to Alf. How so, on earth could this show ever get canceled? Well, the thing is, I mean, it was it was 1986, so I don't I don't know, have the ratings in front of me, but I'm sure it was like 20 million people watching it every night. Um, and at that least just, that just wasn't good enough at the time. And now, like now, like shows get renewed if they've got like you know three million viewers. Yeah, I guess like when there's only three channels to choose from, 20 million is probably. Yeah probably a sizable chunk of the audience yeah it's, it's absurd to think about that there was something they were actually capturing that many people's attention with it with this with talking rag and this it just wasn't good enough they had to they had to uh, do another like golden girls retread or were there any alf crossovers with tv shows at the time uh yeah, that's a good question i i have to imagine there probably were but i i can't remember if they didn't any. think of that well now we know it was canceled yeah I'm, i'll do a little research there and maybe dig up some clips for the uh the next episode all right uh what is this episode does it actually have a name like most shows have titles for the episodes or is it just yeah it's it's, it's uh alf a-l-f a-l-f so can we like lay down some ground rules yeah. Are we calling him Alf, or are we always calling him Alien Lightform? I think we should call him Gordon. I mean... Is it Gordon or Gordy? It's Gordon, and Alf is, is. Alf is really his slave name. I mean, it's like he has a, a fully formed... Willie Tanner's bitch name. Yeah, like he's got like an English name, perfectly like Americanized English name, and they just call him something else because they don't... He, they don't seem as equal to them. Did they not ask? Like they they found him, and there was no no real you know question period with him, so to say. I, I mean, I have a theory about Alf. Um, All right, lay it on me. So 
We actually we do. We learn his name in uh, in this episode. Right when he calls yeah. home or, call, or calls somebody. Yeah, I guess no. He looks like he never tells the uh, family what his name is. But I mean, I think the thing about Alf is that he is from a civilization that has apparently uh, mastered interstellar travel and thus must be vastly more intelligent than, than human beings. Um, but they ran out of names, so he, he wound up with Gordon. Well, I, I don't think it's... I think, I think it's more like w- w- the question is, why does he not care that the Tanners are calling him uh, Alf instead of his real name? Um, and I think what's pretty clear is he just doesn't give a shit about them at all. Like, he's, he's just totally irreverent. He thinks he's really above them? I think he just has to be above them. I think he's, like, vastly more intelligent than them, and this is just sort of a game to him because, like, there's, there's nothing for him to do on this stupid planet. He's just stuck there forever with these, basically these, you know, to him, these, these are basically probably, like, monkeys, you know, like, hurling feces, but, like, in these, like, ridiculous, farcical 1980s family drama um so I, I think that's the only explanation for why he would tolerate not being called his proper uh, adult <laughs> This is name. just a game to him. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they never really explain, like, how, wh- how, why is he, why is he um, able to, to travel through the stars? Like, what, you know, why are they so much smarter than humans? Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions that this episode raised that, you know, uh, I think as somebody who watches tv in the present times not to not to date this show or anything but they try to explain things a lot more now yeah in terms of backstory and make it plausible and it's very tough to to take yourself seriously like that like if you look at a show like heroes Uh first season's great and then it it really fell apart because there's all this how does everything work backstory explanation that right just doesn't hold up and they're and well we saw how that worked out uh, so I'm wondering if that was a conscious choice with them to not really dwell on that backstory. I think, um, I think it's, I think it's just, uh, a, a lack of intelligence, uh, where it came to the, um, you know, writing, writing of these scripts. <laughs> They're just stupid. <laughs> like they, like they didn't understand that. <laughs> I'm giving like, them too much credit. This, this creature, saying? this interstellar traveler would, you know, not necessarily just be a pet to humans. He would, you know, he's a, he's a full-grown adult. You know, this well, is sort okay. of a humiliating existence. And the only reason, the only way he could conceivably tolerate it if he, if he was, like, sort of just messing with these people, which I, I think he was. Yeah. And that, that brings up something. I think he said in the episode, the, they're joking about, uh, what's her name? Uh, not Kate. What's the daughter's name? Lynn. Lynn. Lynn she's... Helping him write a phone number down for like a car contest. Yes. Uh, and he makes a joke about how he doesn't even know how to like start his car or drive it or spaceship and it just does it itself, which makes me think that maybe he wasn't really joking and that it's actually, he does have no idea. He's just kind of like a layman of this spacefaring yeah. civilization who has well, to get stuck on this planet. That's probably true, but I mean, I think that you know if technology is sufficiently advanced you you don't need to necessarily know how to 
to operate all the the machines you know so you, you could just kind of get in and, and push a button it just and it takes itself. you there but I, th- I think the the underlying sort of physiological and cultural now, intellect that would have to go into the the creation of that civilization would have to be uh, pretty advanced of us you know it wouldn't have to be like godlike but it would have to be, it, he's he has to be smarter than us i contend now speaking of godlike advanced spacefaring civilizations uh comparing them to us and the fact that alf thinks this is all a game in your research did you come across the alf video games yeah i didn't you did not did okay not. so here's something that i can perhaps bring to the table <laughs> Because when I, I was thinking about this earlier, before I watched the episode, I didn't remember the TV show very much, but I do remember uh, a Commodore 64 game called mm. Alf the First Adventure, mm. in which you play as Alf's head huh. on a top-down map adventure, and <laughs> Willie Tanner's head is also <laughs> swiftly bobbing around this map trying to capture you. Throwing you in the paddy wagon to bring you to the animal shelter. Wait, so Willie is like, like the evil villain? I mean, yeah, he's the enemy. Like the game revolves around you going. It's basically like it's a very simplistic top-down map. Uh, you see one section of the city at a time, and you're going through right. streets. There's like bushes and cars and. There's randomly cats running uh, running around, so you collect these and you have to go back to the garage so I, I and dump them off. There's also, I think, that you eat these. I haven't cats, looked at right? it too much. Yeah, I th- don't know if the cats are just for points or if they extend your lifetime or what. But Either there's way. also parts Either of your spaceship dead. you're supposed to recover. There's yeah. like an airport on there. It sounds um, like it sounds like a very v- different vision. Yes. The, now this is what I remember most of the TV show. Was Willie's creepy ass face floated bobbing around like viciously, very quickly on this map, chasing you down and giving me very large cases of anxiety as like a three year old. Why why in this game would Willie be chasing Alf out in the world? I mean the whole point of is Willie's like protecting Alf and like if Alf <laughs> gets away then like so be it. But like why would he chase him down to like put him in the pound? I'm not sure. It's it seems like the game revolves around you trying to collect all these items while evading some sort of authority, which makes sense. He's trying to stay under wraps, right? right. But Willie is running around town perhaps trying to keep you hidden as well. Instead, right. he throws you in the uh the paddy wagon to the animal shelter and now the jig is up. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to download an emulator and try the game and maybe do the 103rd episode of this podcast is a, a podcast about the ALF uh, Commodore this, 64 as, game. As an ALF aficionado, this will, this will be a, a very special treat, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this will be the 103rd episode. This, is, this will just bring the total to 103 because I think I, you know, I want to do this sooner than later. I'm pretty sure I remember a, an, an NES game too, but... Most of those when there were like... numerous elf games from some quick interneting right here. Yeah, um, I was trying to look at this one as I remembered it, but it from what I found, there's actually a few more. I remember uh, um, so cool. the yeah. the NES games at the time. Whenever, usually when they were like licensed, um, not only were they like licensed um, 
intellectual property. They're usually really bad, um, but also just sort of uninteresting and not like, it's sort of just like a, a, a kind of a, a, uh, an elf patina on like a generic side scroller, which it looks like. Yeah, I, they just, they, t- they just took some popular sprites of whatever show or I don't know, anything at the time and just pasted it over kind of generic X type of game, like puzzle game or yeah. adventure game, that kind of thing. Yeah, they were, they were awful. A lot of disappointment. Sega moments. Master System? Oh man, there's just a plethora of. Oh, video games. Yeah, it looks like one of them might be based on the uh, the awful cartoon show too, which I think that might be a whole separate podcast. It was a cartoon, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize that, but I, I yeah. Let's okay. Let's, I'm starting to remember. This is like bringing back all these. Yeah, the uh, the, the cartoon was particularly before. disturbing because it was set on Mel Mac, and it was just like I mean, it was, it was of course it was really bad, but it was like also a very like weird vision of like what melmachian culture was like there was like giant slugs and they would like milk them it was it was kind of cat people apparently they, were, they actually had cat people oh, I'm, just, I'm looking at some screenshots here and there's <laughs> did they like uh, um yeah. was not that, cat people but was that they're like standing on their hind legs did they they harvest the cat people for meat it looks like they're no they're playing saxophone with alf no they're actually like <laughs> so it's sort of like just like coexistence. like regardless of the reason somehow cats just entered the elf zeitgeist so it can just be like oh there's cats here too why not like never never mind that the whole joke was that he like ate cats now they're just there's friends on cartoon mail mac yeah that brings up uh, some questions as to you know how did how did it become that he immediately had a taste for cats upon crashing on this planet okay. like, what kind of cultural phenomenon is going on on melmac that has you know yeah it does basically it, pre-programmed him to it doesn't like, even make sense that they would have cats on on melmac like to back to the kind of inner non-super intelligent space traveler if he's kind of like a space tourist yeah and, and the i don't know what kind of what's his species even called the melmacians uh, yeah i think <laughs> melmacians what sort of like where the earth earthlings that's our species. Yeah, okay. So Melmac, Melmaclings, for lack yeah. of a better word. Uh, perhaps secretly removed species from Earth as like a delicacy, and maybe he got a taste for it. That's why, that's why he's in the area. <laughs> it's a really fucked up vision of, uh, or of, the, of the narrative here. Or this happened before Melmac was destroyed. Yeah. For those of you who have, haven't gotten to the very... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes, Mark, we're not at that, that episode. It may not be revealed in the first episode. Yeah, uh, perhaps before that time in the in the peak of their civilization, uh, Earth was basically a, a roadside attraction. Yeah, yeah, I could see like uh, Melmac maybe maybe being like a like an idiocracy type thing where they're sort of they've got this like advanced technology, but they're they've been in self sustaining technology. Yeah, technology, and, and they're they're just existing within it. Yeah, like no, maybe no. Alf really is a dumbass, but like he just they just have these like super powerful sp- spaceships and they just fly around the galaxy just eating just like just eating stuff from other planets. Cuz yeah. you know, they're just, just kind of hicks. Yeah. I mean, the cat's not going to protest getting on this spaceship. It's going to be like, "Oh, it's a hairy small person." Yeah. But, but you know, I, I I actually I prefer I prefer to think of Alf as just like 
you know, the, 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 sm- the kid that's kind of too smart for the class sitting at the back, you know, cracking wise, you know, cause this is like, it's beneath them. But why don't that's we, really uh, what the show is about. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we get into like a little bit, a little bit of a scene by scene, uh, breakdown here. Got yeah, a, sure. Take it away. The very first scene is, um, we have, uh, kind of Willie, Willie and Kate, uh, just hanging out in the garage doing ham radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just hamming up the radio. Yeah. The old. And like, um, I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing there, but um, the whole the series opens with a um, a little bit of narration from from Willie, which is I think probably the only kind of voiceover we get. Um, which is it, it goes it goes a little bit like this. This is the way it began. That extraordinary night, the night he came. <laughs> it's like it's like he he came. Like it's like just so so fraught. He like oh like, yeah. He this is his like deathbed. This guy ruined my life. Yeah. And it's basically it's, it sounds like he's talking about Voldemort. Like he who shall not be named. Yeah. The <laughs> the tone that this show starts with, it's it's really jarring because they have this super serious introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then following that, they bring him in on the couch it wrapped up in this blanket and i'm thinking you know there's there's been no laughs there's no real jokes cracked so far they show him like in the spaceship knocked out yeah i guess they get him out somehow at some point they bring him into the room and everybody starts laughing right away there's been like no (laughs) yeah no real it's just like oh this is supposed to be a funny show nothing funny happened yet aside from they're bringing him in wrapped up in this blanket this like unconscious alien how how did the live studio audience know when to start laughing yeah (laughs) like if you took out the laugh track you could just play the whole episode and honestly i the 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 tanner's uh behavior towards alf is just like really twisted and cruel through the entire series but um and it starts like right away particularly with kate i think she's she's sort it's of a like, very broken family yeah and i mean he's he's somehow found uh a supporting household where that where you know he can actually exist without getting you know found out by the military who yeah. we also learn eventually is is just as competent as the family yeah well it's well the the only his only saving grace was that willie just happens to be this sort of like alien enthusiast like and he, he even has his own, his own like special name for aliens because like you know nobody else actually calls them elves but he just and and <laughs> nobody else had in the history of <laughs> yeah, it's like he history just of planet that. earth before the show well, came out be a clever name my alien it's an elf oh oh yes of course why didn't i think of that <laughs> obviously yeah. So um, Willie and Kate are like, I don't know what's going on, but they get interrupted by like Elf ship crashing. They hear the the noise and and um, the kids kind of run in and like, what's going on, mom and dad? It's like really staged and and like kind of kind of cringe cringe inducing. And um, it we, really looked like they did on the first take. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like you could just. See them like looking at the guy off stage, going like, like three, all right, guys, two, one, run Go out, on. run out, be excited, be scared. Uh, and uh, it's it's funny too because you can hear like some like radio. You can hear on the radio. There's like an alien language being spoken. Yeah, 
I don't know whose language that is because that's not the the language Alf speaks. And I'm guessing that never comes back. I'm thinking no. way too deep into this. Like, there's some com- some kind of deep explanation for why he's there. But really, he's just fucking around with an oscilloscope, and there's some guy, I don't know, probably like playing the script back backwards on the radio. Yeah. Well, there is there is sort of a um, an alternate narrative of Alf, which is, um, you know, we, we can probably delve into kind of th- throughout this the series and kind of Let's monitor the the progress of this this theory. But the the idea here is that. Willie is is uh, kind of this deranged, abusive father, and like Alf is this like weird sort of anthropomorphic manifestation of his uh, his psychosis. Yeah, um, and this sort of like this weird like symbol of like his 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 like tormenting the family because like it, it just happens to manifest in something revolving around his his interstellar hobbies. Yeah. Like like he's like addicted to drugs or something, and Alf is like a, a like symbolic of his addiction. Like like he like he get, drinks too much, and he's like the kids love him because he's like funny, but like Kate hates him because like he's a pain in the ass, and like you know puking all over the furniture and stuff. So wait, does Willie become Alf, and this is him in his like psychotic inebriated form? It's it's a little bit uh it's a little bit ephemeral right now. I think we need to kind of maybe just kind of pin it down, because I mean we know we know a couple of extra uh, tidbits. We know one of the writers um, was a drug addict. One of the writers of the show. Uh, That's a true fact. True fact. I don't know how much influence he had on the actual like creation of the show. He might have just been like a a um, clearly not enough a staff writer. But like that, I and I'm forgetting his name. But he wrote the book um, "Permanent Midnight," and they made a movie about it with Ben uh, Ben Stiller, played this character. Okay. It was about him being like hooked on heroin while he was, you know, writing for the silly puppet show. And it, in the movie, they it was like Mr. Pickles or something like that. It wasn't Alf, but it was like clearly like an Alf knockoff, based on a true story, right? And we also there's another the other weird wrinkle is that we we learn you know years later that that um, that the the actor who plays Willie Max Wright is does appear to have some really uh, strange um, habits, uh, which I'm not sure. IRL. <laughs> not sure if you're you're familiar with that. That no, I, that that was what I was hoping you can answer in in, in the ultimate wisdom of your your elf research was. I'm lo- I'm looking at these kids and I'm like, okay, that that kid's like a couple years older than me when this came mm-hmm. out. What are they up to now? What's Willie yeah. Tanner doing? <laughs> you know, was this the make or break show of his? Uh, you know, that kickstarted his lifelong yeah. successful acting career, or did it? You know, just cause it? Did to, you uh, did you see the the recent piece in the um, the Inquirer? Uh, Alf star Max Wright, a withered, lonely outcast. Uh, in all my, um, you know, extremely often reading of the Inquirer, I, I happen to miss that one. Well, it's a follow-up on their piece, their expose they did on uh, Max Wright in 2001, where he was discovered to be um, smoking crack in mm-hmm. a motel room with two homeless men and um, filming pornography with them. 
Alf pornography. No. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, maybe. Maybe he was. <laughs> maybe. So I, he has like a little suitcase with with the costume inside of it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's like probably he has like Vietnam flashbacks whenever he thinks about Alf. Like crashing in the window. <laughs> that very first scene, the ham radio and the back yeah. of the speaking going off. He just has like a, a total meltdown. Like a he goes into a fugue state if you if you ever mention Alf to him. And he just sort of drifts away. <laughs> he was shambling. Um withered, lonely, outcast of a wreck. Uh credit to the inquirer. So yeah, with a lot of, a lot of weird backstory there, but I mean, to be fair, Max Wright, um he was he, I think he was married at the time, so that was a little bit shady that he was doing that, but that aside, if he if he wants to smoke crack with homeless guys in a motel room, it's kind of his business. It's a free country. You know? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um I won't judge. So the ship crashes. They see Alf sort of just like tucked into the like the pod at the top. You can very clearly see his whole body, which is you know, convenient. And then Willie very coyly says, we have a visitor. <laughs> like, like, you know, the, the, it's unusual for them to have visitors in this household. Well, it's also like one of those like intentionally understated lines, like, boy, do you like 99 <laughs> episodes worth of a, a visitor. Cue laugh track. That <laughs> did actually cue. Yeah. Yeah. It was, no, it was too serious a scene for that. No, see, yeah, they set that tone very early and then just completely flipped it on its head, which yeah. is very quality quality show. All right, a lot of <laughs> lot of, a lot of gravitas. I feel like they could have done it as a drama too. They could have gone either way, and you know, you know how all good dramas have a, an element of humor, and I, you know, I think it could have really worn both hats. Um, it almost feels like they they shot it that way. <laughs> And just, you know, just cleverly edited through into the little laugh track and, and, and sort of had two cards to play when they went to the network execs and said, you know, is this going to be a super serious thing or comedy? Because you, like... e you could easily edit this show to be super serious and yeah. really probably pretty, pretty damn depressing for, for a 1980s, like, 7 p.m. Uh, puppet drama <laughs> well i think uh paul paul fusco the creator took it very seriously like i i heard i heard he was kind of like a tyrant on the set they had like you know incredibly long is, days is he elf yeah he he's, okay. he's the voice of elf he's the puppeteer he's the creator of the show uh it's it's really his baby from start to finish and and this is probably a fact that you don't know he's also the uh the person that wears the costume and the uh, the the zoomed out shots. Really, he's a little person. He's a little yes, absolutely. I'm not I, making this up. Is, is that is that for real? No, not at they, all. It would be. I mean, it would be cool if it was if it were true. But I mean, and I don't I don't I don't like I don't want to like disparage little people at all. I don't I don't like like jokes about little people being like weird looking. But I mean, like that little that the co the the costume elf like the. The the yeah. little person is really scary, like like really. It's very. Uh, it takes you out of the show because they have these these static uh, <laughs> setups, like he's sitting on the coffee table, which you know, with the with the tablecloth over it, conveniently covers the 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 puppet master beneath, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's getting up and running and looking at the window, or 
you know, something like that. It's it really pulls you out of the experience of Alf. Yeah, yeah, he I looks find. he looks totally different. And like <laughs> like I I don't even remember being fooled as a kid. I remember being be kind of like put off. It like the do you remember the first time you saw like Kermit the Frog like running down the street? All yeah. like all zoomed out from far away. Yeah, that was scary. That, that sort of that sort of feeling gets lumped together with that. Or that picture of Kermit the Frog with teeth. Seen that one? I fortunately haven't been, have not experienced that yet. I'll drop it in the um, in the in the comments or the description of this podcast for, for you to look oh, at. Oh, perfect! <laughs> if I remember, all of our uh, seven viewers can uh, experience this together. With <laughs> try to try to try to remind me if if I don't think of it. Um, so yeah, duly noted. Hang on, hang on. Okay, Kermit. Kermit with teeth. He- Kermit I mean, you could teeth. you could just do a Google image search right now. It'll come I right could, up. I could, but uh, this is this is a social experience. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so second scene, uh, you already talked about a little bit. We they bring Alf in wrapped up in a blanket, in in sort of swaddling cloth, sort of like um, baby uh, baby Moses, maybe a little biblical. Yeah. Um, that. It's a, you know, a hint at things to come. Yeah. So, so the first, the first, the very first um, sort of line out of Kate in the in the living room is, uh, not on the couch. Like she's already being a huge bitch. Like, and he's not even <laughs> conscious yet. Like she just, she's just like the worst person. Um, yeah. Like this, this thing is like on death's door and she's like, I don't want fur on my couch. Like she just has no, no empathy at all for this creature. No, it's just, it, you know, this amazing scientific discovery. Yeah. Not on my watch. She, she just feels so put upon like her, like wonderful eighties housewife lifestyle is being really, really hindered by this. Like it's being uprooted right in front of her eyes. <laughs> like this wasn't in the plan for Kate, Kate Tanner. Things are already, you know, teetering at the brink of collapse, and then this happens to her life. Yeah, she's just she's not gonna have it. Crazy hairdo too. I don't know what what was going on there, and like somebody did that to her hair, and like, let's go, we're ready. <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is good. This is where we're gonna You're stop. Committed to <laughs> the life of this show. Yeah. That hairdo. Um, so that he comes to he he wakes up and. Oh, there's a, like a weird scene where they're all kind of looking at him, talking about um, oh, the fisheye thing. Yeah, like they're all looking at him, and it's just them looking into a fisheye lens, talking about being worried about Alf being poked with needles. Yeah, um, which I think speaks to this like kind of paranoia of at the time of just sort of like the the unlimited power of the United States government sort of like yeah which which we soon see it is a valid valid concern yeah it was good like the the Keystone cops uh come to the door looking for (laughs) checking on an alien report or whatever I don't know excuse excuse Um, me ma'am do you have any illegal drugs in this household uh no all right moving on (laughs) Well, that's, that happens here a lot. You know, you're from Canada, so you don't understand. It's just like that's just a daily thing. It's drugs. like getting the mail. Yeah, uh, it's the drug cop. It's like a full. Uh, no, we got nothing today, sir. It's like just, a ranking you know, military officer. Like, any drugs here, folks? Send you to jail for twenty years. 
Uh, oh, uh, well, I was going to say yes, but now that you put it nope. that way. So this is the first appearance of a little person, Alf, too. And um, Alf... Okay, now, how, like, do you know anything about the person in the costume? Is it the same person? Like, have they been, you know, signed a, a lifelong contract that they are now Alf? No, I mean, I think it's pretty well conceded that little people within the entertainment inter- industry are considered to be interchangeable. It's like a, like a guest star role? Yeah, I don't even, they don't even get their name on, in the credits, I don't think. Like, they're, wow. they're pretty much like furniture. Like, small man. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's what... Well, what, sometimes he is furniture. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the first, also the first, one of the first lines Elf has about wanting to eat a cat. So we get that joke out of the way. It's done. So they bring the uh, they bring Alf in. They drop him on the couch. Um, the boy, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you there, boy? Boy. Uh, he's like uh, I don't know, man. He's like he just he bugs me. Like I kind of want. I mean, I don't want. Like I would never hurt a child. What's with this hat? He looked like Newsies. Like the Christmas Carol or something. <laughs> Like Tiny Tim, yeah, yeah. I'd like to cripple him. So, uh, so oh, another weird thing is they uh, they offer him cat food as an alternative to eating a cat. Yeah, which is like, is that the same thing? Like just because it's well, like, <laughs> I mean, where are they buying this cat food? What's the economic situation like in 1986? I don't know. I think I mean I gotta think that uh, that whatever they're putting in cat food now would be cheaper than like ground up cat yeah that, that, i mean that, that's true that does seem very expensive and you know i'm sure there's a market for it for some for the the picky household cat yeah or you know alien life form and uh and we but have, you're right we have another another already another example of uh kate being just a, a huge bitch and because they're like um, Brian's like, can we give Elf a can, Mom? Please, please. And she's like, all right, a dented one. It's like, oh that, yeah, she's well, only I willing mean, to spare one dented cat food can. Like he's not even good enough in her eyes. I can sympathize because I mean, you know, you you want the dent-free can for yourself because those dents severely <laughs> impact the flavor. She was saying, Kate uh, eats these uh, these. Cat food can no, but she she's really in tune with uh what is what's the cat's name? Lucky. Lucky, yeah. Lucky, uh, you know, Lucky knows. Yeah. Lucky yeah. knows. He'll know. That's the name and of episode. Uh, episode. That's just three. one more relationship she can't have. Mm-hmm. Come crumbling down around her in that household. <laughs> First, her, her hairdresser, and now this, right? Cause, yeah. Because like, her hair is really terrible. Well, yeah, maybe that's why she's so irate that day. She had a bad hit, you know. No. She came back from the hairdresser, just completely botched it. No, she thinks it's awesome. And then, and then this hairy monstrosity comes in with hair the same color that arguably looks better than hers. No, it's part of her '80s dream lifestyle. <laughs> um. It's just a, this is just a nightmare induced by her her experience at the at the salon earlier. No, this, this is normal. It's all normal for her. She thinks this is everything other than Alf is great. Um, so the next scene, uh, coming back to Kate, uh, it's actually pretty funny because <laughs> uh, we, we, we find um, Alf in bed with Kate 
and um, it's understandable <laughs> and he wakes up and she's like good morning and she just like looks like shit because she's got like kate morning face and i was like morning and they both start screaming classic yeah i couldn't have i couldn't have come up with something better myself and elf then goes into the bathroom where willie's uh doing like morning bathrooms grooming and yeah. he's like what happened out there and he's like just screaming yeah <laughs> which i thought was a pretty funny line um no i he knows what goes on in that house and that would that'd come off as something plausible in the morning like, yeah this stuff just doesn't it's like oh good morning husband you know if you're not <laughs> screaming there's an issue well this stuff just doesn't doesn't affect alf he just doesn't he doesn't care about kate's kate's like boundaries or like fear of like alien rape interspecies relations and like he knows if he wanted it like he's just so immensely powerful that he he could just take he could take her this is going this is going dark (laughs) dark direction um and then we have a a kind of a good uh scene in uh in the bathroom where like willie's just like chilling with alf while he's like getting naked and like rubbing like lotions all over his body yeah, he he's just you know getting into the shower, no big deal, alien life form. Well, it's like you you get you get naked in front of your your pets, right? Yeah. Like well, that's how it, I'm guessing that's how he sees Alf in his mind now. It's just a talking pet. That's how they immediately start treating him because he's you know furry, so they they treat him. Twelve. This is like uh, you know zero day plus twelve hours. Right. He's already he's already completely nude, stark nude in front of Alf. Um, and this is also our first introduction to the Akmonics. Oh yes, the neighbors, the nosy neighbors. And there's a, there's another funny line when uh, Willie talks about the Akmonics. I was like, sounds like a typo, right? <laughs> they got wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, show, jokes on them. Yeah. Uh, the Akmonics, Liz Sheridan is Raquel Akmonics. She also played um, Jerry Seinfeld's mom in the, the great show uh, Seinfeld. Don't really? Know, yeah, I don't know if you knew that. No, but that's weird. Okay. Yep. I'm going uh, to have to give that one a, a re rewatch now that I know this. Yeah, and there's another Seinfeld com- connection too because uh, Kate's mom who doesn't appear in this episode, but she's a staple throughout this program. Uh, it's actually, um, uh, you know, I forget her name, but she's uh, Ben Stiller's mother and um, Ben Stiller's father, Jerry Stiller, is also in Seinfeld. So you got to think there's been some pretty funny... So funny there's stories. a lot of uh, careers launch from this, uh, yeah. from this show then. A lot of great networking and fun stories about these people, you know going to parties and stuff it's like living it put up. that shit on your resume you can get on anything yeah and then there's this other trevor Achmonic is this guy named john lamada who is from brooklyn new york and he hasn't he hasn't really been in in much else other than elf but he like was pretty pretty down on elf like afterwards he was like that's the dumbest thing i ever did he I, the direct quote is i thought the show elf was a piece of shit Worst work I ever did. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Like, 
Have fun cashing those sweet, sweet residual checks. While yeah, you're, while you're trashing I mean, the show, those elf bro. bucks don't. Nobody, you know, select few get get those sweet yeah. elf buck royalty checks. If you could um, sort of put a kind of a percentage on like the dollar amount that um, Trevor Ackmanic got off of every like Alf doll sold as sort of like <laughs> his his income as a potential cut. of the, the Alf empire, what would it be like one one hundred millionth of a cent? Yeah, I like I think maybe they they pulled a number out of a hat and then <laughs> you know flipped that number over wrote another number on it they uh maybe they paid him in like dented cat food cans yeah well nobody wants those yeah trash like um, might as well just just throw that shit out yeah so next scene yeah we we meet the acmonics it's it's a it's eventful um and then we we jump back to the garage oh willie's repairing the ceiling that Alf destroyed so inconsiderately. And, like, Alf's just kind of chilling with Lynn. Like, I feel like it's, like, almost a little bit flirtatious. Like, and it's sort of showing, like, Alf's, like, cool side. Oh, she's like, really into him. Yeah. Like, he's like, a, he's, like, a cool older guy, you know? They're BFFs at that point. And I think, like, Lynn, because she's, like, a little bit more, like, liberal and, like, young, she sort of is more more able to see Alf as like more of a like a like a like a peer rather than this sort of subordinate slave race um yeah he's he's like the the new greater plus one at the high school yeah the new guy yeah like he's like kind of like tiny rick from yeah from rick and morty oh for sure you know you know tiny rick right tiny rick bitch yes yeah I'm privy to the uh, the Rick and or Morty universe. Has uh, Alf ever made an appearance in uh, in Rick and Morty? <laughs> I feel like it's like too low brow. You think you would have for even for, for for that show? Like it's like too cheap. Mm. Like cheap nostalgia. Like this is like a dumb, done character. Let's not even bother slipping in, into like a crowd scene. I could I could see him, you know, being somewhere used along the lines of like Gazor Bazar Field. <laughs> they would get like hardcore sued. Either in that like parallel out. universe yeah. kind of television show aspect. By the way, I forgot to mention I don't know what the legalities are of playing the Alf theme song, um, and I feel like Paul Fusco is like probably pretty litigious. So just in case. I can't play that. I lined up an an alternate theme song to play. Oh, okay. Um, let me just cue it up for you here. And yeah, don't worry, it's royalty free. Oh, this is amazing. Come on, kick it with Alf. We're gonna do it, yeah. Alf, let's do it. Oh yeah. 
It's Alf. Okay. <laughs> so I'll have to I'll have to go back and and put that in if, if I get. Yeah, any. that's that's just just cut it right there. So how many? Yeah, hundred hundred of those use. You getting to get out of that? Uh, yeah, hundred hundred and three. Alf calls in a, to a radio show um, with Lynn to try to win a a Porsche. Or a yeah, Ferrari? it was a Porsche. Sweet, that is a hot ride. Oh, that's some uh, some very subtle advertising. S- I'm sure they got paid car. big Alf bucks for that. Yeah, like there was like this huge surge in Porsche Porsche sales um, on September. Uh, on the, in the in the weeks following September twenty second. Excuse me, sir. How did you find out about our our, our brand? Uh, well, it's it was uh, on the Alf the Alf show. The other oh night. yes, yes. We've been getting a lot of it's, a lot of those lately. Yeah, it was the hot the hot new thing, and uh, they name dropped the Porsche pretty hard, and it made me want it. Bad. I'm surprised she didn't win it. Like she just they just you know she's like yeah let's get this phone number fifteenth caller and you're like all pumped. Yeah, but Just then ready for that new Porsche. They're so they're so Willie's on a ladder and they're having fun. They're they're just messing around trying to win win a Porsche for the for the family. And Willie um sort of um interjects with five 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 nine eight four five. It's the most Blood curdling, psychotic. They got that on the twelfth take. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's got that rage just ready, spring spring loaded and ready to fly whenever he needs what it. Do you, what do you think he's like pulling out of you know his personal experience as an actor like, to deliver that line? I feel like there was it was like from a memory from like one of those nights, you know, that you can't like come back from. Area code three one one. I like the like trickle of of applause <laughs> from the yeah from the studio like, wow audience. the like, audience is in awe that, that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah he hates his daughter the thing is like he is are we supposed to think he's yelling just it out there because he's equally yelling at his his teenage daughter like is he does he beat her too does he does he beat her in places where the bruises don't show well uh, they're saving that for a very special episode i would like to see that episode i don't know if i would <laughs> pussy can't, can't say what. um scene the the next scene uh brian's watching sesame street which I think is like sort of a shout out to, to puppets in general. Just kind of like yeah. We also was had a, Alf associated with Muppets in any way? Like the oh, guy that oh God, created no. this? No, because like I feel like like he, somehow he got the Paul Fusco got this Alf thing done just by sheer like strength of will and like absolute narcissism. Like there, he never had any doubt in his mind that this was like the best idea for. A, a show ever and he should this was it this was a do or die moment stop. in his life yeah like like he there was no doubt in his mind that this was like a really funny and great show and that he was a genius and like uh and everybody just sort of fell in line because like you, you know how you, you you can kind of get away with stuff if you just act confident enough like 
Like, oh, okay, I guess we'll make this show about it and a puppet. Uh, oh, yeah. If, if you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, Jar Jar exists, so why not Alf? Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing is like, Jar Jar exists because George Lucas had like absolute control of a of a of an empire this guy is i don't know like how he pulled this off like that's well that's a testament to paul fusco how did this thing you know even hit the air he must i mean he must just be really persuasive like i like can you imagine what kind of like level of enthusiasm you would need to come into like a a pitch meeting at a network and just be like that takes that takes some some serious uh some serious chutzpah and like all the weeks of preparation leading up to it, and then you get home and you still go through with it. Like, all right, you know, next step, we're still gonna meet, do this alien puppet show. I'm a full grown man. This is my now. It's a reality. <laughs> this wasn't just some sick like dare. You know, like first it was. Just <laughs> Who did they actually uh... buy this? Oh shit, they did. Oh fuck. Okay, we no. gotta actually come up with this. No, there was there was oh, never no. a single moment of doubt or introspection from Paul Fusco. This was just never going to fail in his mind yeah and he was right until uh, right up until it did and then <laughs> until yeah the uh the inevitable failure but i mean he's gotta have made like at least a hundred million dollars off of it because like he, he still he sold yeah, a lot give of or goals. take a few hundred million yeah uh yeah i mean I, I don't know about like residuals from the show i don't think the show has done very has held up very well in syndication but they, they there was a lot of elf crap so he's probably he's probably oh yeah uh, fat fat wad. I remember I perhaps even having my own personal stuffed elf, or maybe my sister. I know there was one somewhere nearby. Yeah, yeah. no, my both uh, in our life. My wife um, Carrie just just reminded me that she probably has an elf doll um, in her attic, her parents' attic. Yeah, my sister probably even has her still. Yeah, we'll I. If your sister has um, your Alf doll, her an Alf doll, can you get it from her? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get the uh, the one from the attic and try to like, you know, maybe maybe play with it, maybe give it a, give it a little squeeze. Yeah. Maybe, Let's get maybe. some, uh, you know, send some residual uh, hugs to Paul Fusco in an envelope. Yeah, I think Paul Paul Fusco's. It's sort of like a maybe every... some hair. Just like cut it off. <laughs> no note. He just opens it up. He says, like, "I know what this is." I think every elf doll is like a reverse voodoo doll for Paul Fusco, where he like feeds off of the positivity that you give it because he just loves elf so much. What, okay, what about negative? Like somebody's, you know, they're they're angry with their he's, life. He's they're taking out their anger on elf. That, that stuff doesn't t- affect him. He, he doesn't. It's he doesn't it's like a one way kind of <laughs> gateway. Like only positives go through. You negatives they get blocked. You don't get anywhere in show business if you pay attention to the haters. You know. And that's that's what Paul Fusco didn't do, and that's how he succeeded. Um, there's a scene. The next scene is like uh, kind of weird because it's like Alf is like right up against Brian. They're kind of cuddling, which is like, I guess it's fine. I don't. Oh, I he's don't, a big, he's a big fuzzy animal. Yeah. Would, you know, he's watching. He's a fan of the Muppets. And like, I guess Kate seems a little bit uncomfortable, but then like Alf gets him a beer. <laughs> you need to relax. Yeah, and and like Brian's like, yeah, let's drink beer, Alf. <laughs> and uh, and Kate's just like flips her shit completely. And that's when uh, Darnell Valentine, the um, the army man, comes to the door. 
Oh, yes. Is it the, is with the alien task force stationed at Edwards. Yeah, that's the uh, flexing the might of the, uh, you know, the secret arm of the military. Mm-hmm. Just door-to-door, uh, door-to-door surveillance. Yeah. And this guy that played um, Darnell, Darnell Valentine was also in the recent um, mega blockbuster Interstellar. <laughs> okay, as who? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. All I wrote was that he was he's known for it. So wow, thirty years later, Alf launched. Yeah, his like career. Well, he's known for science fiction. So. Okay, so was this like a was this the start of it, or was this kind of like a cameo? It's like oh, all, you know the science fiction nerds. Uh, no, I, I I meant that they they knew him from science fiction because he was an Alf, and that's that's how he got the <laughs> <laughs> that's how he got the Interstellar. He's game. been he's been typecast into that universe. They're like who? What are the big names in sci-fi right now? Well, there's Francis X McCarthy who was in the... Oh, he's that Valentine guy. Yeah, he played Darnell Valentine in the ALF pilot. Yeah. How come we didn't think of this earlier? So he, yeah, top billing. He was just under McConaughey on the on the, um, the marquee. He was also in the uh, smash hit Deep Impact, which is... Another, uh, another sci-fi classic. Is that sci-fi or is that um, just like sort of nature... Mm, I'd say there. Well, there's sci-fi. Well, no, actually, no. Maybe there isn't sci-fi well, elements to that. I guess is, that's more of like a. Well, is like an asteroid a science? <laughs> sure. Be, why not? Would like, would, would Mrs. Doubtfire be science fiction because like humans are made of, like cells, and there are humans <laughs> in the movie. You could argue most things are science fiction. So, um, scene six, we get um, Alf is attempting to radio his fellow Melmachians, Skip, Larry, and Muffy. Um, he refers to himself. Is it as Muffy Gordon. or Muffin? I I wrote down Muffy, but I you know I could have been wrong. Close enough. Did you did you take notes Muff on for this? short? I did. I, I wrote down re- Skip, Larry, Muffy, Muffin, and Gordy. And Gordy. Oh, I, yeah. I think I missed Gordy. Oh, he he's here for himself, himself as yeah. Gordy. So we we get we we at least learn that Alf has a has a non-slave name. He has a real adult name because he's an adult non-human person. That's right? a good character developing moment. It says a lot about the shit he put up with up until that point. He's just like, "Yeah, my name's Gordy. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. They call me whatever they want." Yeah, it doesn't matter to what him. else. It's sort of like if like you heard like a like a like a dog barking like and that was sort of like how the dog barked when he saw you like it's not like you're you're gonna correct the dog like no my name's michael so (laughs) it's like you just wouldn't bother because it's a stupid dog and you don't care hey he feels the same way about the tanners yeah guarantee it he's so he's talking to the he's trying to radio home and and i think the um the tanners start eavesdropping on him like yeah this is one of those like classic you know laugh track sections where you you know there's no laugh track you can feel it there's like any laughs yet (laughs) you know there's things that maybe were funny but no laughs and it sets the tone very well yeah 
And so the, the tanners are, are listening in and he t- starts saying like, really flattering stuff about all of them. And it's like, um, I feel like it's probably like a manipulation. Like he knows they're there with his advanced alien um, hearing. Yeah, and, and probably the reflection off the uh, the oscilloscope. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like the reason that Alf... Like, how does Alf know English is another question we haven't asked yet. Um, and that's one of those things in, like, in like bad sci-fi that they always kind of gloss over. Like, oh, uh, you know, he's got a translator. I was thinking about that during the whole fisheye thing where they're, like, leaning into him. You know, he he he's such an advanced intelligent being that he pieced it all together just from that you know half conscious moment where they're all staring at his eyeball (laughs) well it's we hear him talking like in a different language initially so is it possible that like it took him like a little bit of time but he's like using his like psychic alien powers to quickly learn english and then like like that's all it takes because he's that advanced like he can read their minds and then like formulate their language and spit it back at them. Yeah. Like how much of a game is he playing with them? I feel like, I mean, I like, I don't know if you've ever like listened to like, you know, like, 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 um, who are like those famous, like science, scientists, philosophers, like, I know like Carl Sagan and like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like talking about like alien civilizations and how like, insanely more smart they would have to be than us in order to find us like i'm I'm pretty sure you have to be sort of like a god to to yeah yeah they were saying something like you know imagine that species spacefaring race they're like humans and we're dogs and it's like okay we're quite intelligent compared to dogs but we can't talk to them we can't yeah. speak dog and translate dog to human. Yeah. That's like the gap between us and an alien life form. Whereas he was able to bridge that gap. Well, immediately. I mean, I, but I feel like it's almost like you can't talk to a dog because the dog isn't even capable of, of knowing what language is. You know, it's like we're, 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 we're able to talk to a dog almost just by barking at it and, that means about as much to a dog as another dog barking at it. You know what I mean? So yeah, like we they have a more have context for like communication. something beyond us. Have thinking that our what we think is really cool is, is just kind of quaint. Like like you know like bees are really good at building these like very intricate hives that are full of like like honey and like wax cells. Like it's really advanced. And it's like it's like but it's like there's they're so. They're so pathetic compared to us, in spite of their 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 very fancy. <laughs> they live lives. and die for that one purpose. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's pretty cool, but you know, try building like the Empire State Building bees. You know, you can't do it because like you're just using body, bodily fluids. You know. Yeah, they're they're just too distracted. They're never gonna find their true calling. Yeah. So if you were like, plopped down, let's let's not even say another alien, uh, an alien culture but like let's just say like you got stranded in like a small country town and like Mm -hmm. you your car broke down and this family uh let you kind of come in and stay with them 
and like they're really like kind of backwoods folks and they don't have like very much education but they're like you know they they they're 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 they're, they're nice enough and like you don't want to be rude so you sort of just kind of play along even though and it's like they like they they they're really they're clearly like very stupid like and like backwards yeah but like you wouldn't you wouldn't be like wh like what's wrong with you people don't haven't you heard of like calculus <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sleeping here you'd just be like yeah okay and yeah, uh nascar is pretty cool i guess yeah yeah i don't want to ruin a good thing <laughs> like oh you're gonna make another casserole okay mm, let's go to walmart mm. you know this is, this is gonna offend some people but that's okay <laughs> if you hit that demographic we'll, we'll deal with it next time sort of like if like if there's somebody like that you that you like you're good friends with but they're like really into wrestling like you don't want to have that fight every time you talk to them about like how wrestling isn't necessarily like real you know it's like you just kind of got to play along like yeah i like wrestling's cool you know yeah it's it's a theater theater yeah I actually started a um, a novelty uh, Facebook account. <laughs> um, it's like last night. It's uh, called um, John Cena Awareness Month. <laughs> okay, I think yeah. All right, explain. I saw I saw something like that. Oh, you saw John I Cena. Much, I didn't put much mind into it. <laughs> I was I actually stole the joke completely from another site, which was like um danzig awareness month yeah um i don't know very much about um about danzig but um i don't know john cena is like i don't know it's like really into like philanthropy and like make yeah. a wish so it's, i don't know it's like a, it's a little like philanthropy based humor oh i think i know where i saw it I don't know if it was yours. Maybe it was just conveniently time. Playing Rocket League, somebody had a name very similar to that. Is it John Cena Awareness Month? Yeah, some, it was very close. I wonder if... Was it last night? Yeah, it was actually last night. <laughs> Did somebody... Is it already, like, I think I've got like 10 likes. It's possible. You know what? It, it is very, very possible. I feel like... In the world where ALF exists, this is possible. <laughs> But I, I actually meant to like watch rewatch this episode last night, but I, I got kinda caught up making this fake John Cena <laughs> Facebook page instead. So yeah, throw throw it a like. I mean it's yeah. I mean it's No, we'll get we'll get the ball rolling on that. It's good to be aware, you know. Just be aware. Stay aware. I know of I'm John not Cena. aware enough, so we gotta spread spread the awareness. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're actually just about at the end of the episode here. Um, the, after the scene where the tanners are eavesdropping on Alf's, uh, little theater, um, we kind of encounter them all at the, the table together, kind of at the family table. And Alf is telling like, a the end of a very funny story. Um, and everybody but Kate laughs. Yeah, Cause she's just like such an insufferable, insufferable monster. She's um, she strikes me as like the Superintendent Chalmers of the <laughs> Alf universe. 
I, I just like, like this normal, well, I wouldn't say, you know, relatively normal person thrust into this ridiculous scenario. Yeah. Just just has to deal with this on a day-to-day basis. But I feel like at least Superintendent Shalmers is like sort of pleasant, like it, it, right up until <laughs> he's, he's annoyed with Skinner. But like he still has sort of like a, 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 a pleasant demeanor. He's, I mean, like you don't want to like. He's a professional. Him. Yeah. I think I mean if there's a Simpsons analog to um to Kate, I think it might be sort of a combination of of um Maud Flanders and um Selma. Okay. But again, it's like I feel like it's it's just not a favorable comparison cuz all, all those characters are fine and this is just a poorly Poorly conceived character. <laughs> very shallow. Let's not compare her to you. It's not fair. Another show. I mean, it's like you can compare her to the characters on any given like bad sitcom, where it's like the default reaction, the default. She's demeanor. she's a stereotype of herself, like immediately. Yeah. Like like you can always tell like a really badly written sitcom where it's like every character is always like irritated. And, like, they're always just kind of, like, being sarcastic. Everybody's just fucking, like, unpleasant to each other. But they put up with each other enough. And it's this really passive-aggressive relationship that us outsiders just eat that shit up. Well, it's like the writers can't craft a believable enough universe for people to tolerate (laughs) living in it. You know, it's like, oh, this is stupid. You're an idiot. And it's like this, she's talking to her husband, you know. <laughs> yeah, cue the laughs. Yeah, it's like Kevin, this it's is like, clearly an abusive relationship. Not like, today, because it's laugh track. <laughs> it's like Kevin James, like he's like, he like lowers his head and like just puts his like spoon back into his cereal bowl and like kind of gets up and drags himself into the garage and just just blows his head off. That's. The- <laughs> That's the end of the All right. Movie. Well, that's, that's the, the first episode of... out. <laughs> um the last the last kind of zinger line is um uh I think oh, Kate's like, "Hate to be a black cloud, but what do we do with Alf when Lynn has her pajama party next week?" And it's like Ooh, that's a perfect <laughs> setup. That's just going to pull those viewers back in next week. Yeah, yeah. It's like, "Ooh, is episode 2 actually about that?" That's some like next level so. continuity. If it, I actually don't know, I haven't I haven't watched it, but we'll find out. But yeah, it does bring to mind like some some really like kind of titillating, uh, hot teen antics. You know? Yeah, the possibilities are they're just <laughs> like teens making my mind race. I'm and gonna teens. tune in next Friday at eight. T- tickling teens, <laughs> play, playing in PJs <laughs> with like this. Lothario of an alien nearby. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, just busting in. And uh, after Kate says that, Alf's like, "Well, we're a size five, but nothing with feet in it." Yeah. Oh, I've got a zillion of them. Now, why? It sure does. Why? I'd like to know why would Alf not want to wear footy pajamas? Well, how big are his feet? Like you see them briefly, right? Yeah, they're kind of like elephant feet. Yeah, they're like it's your like, hands if you put them on the floor. Basically, like a, a cylinder. 
instead of a flood. He's just being considered. He doesn't want yeah. to ruin it, stretch it, you know. Kind of like, like... Break the seams. Yeah, like, like an AT-AT. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week, I guess we can expect Alf sort of, like, crashing a hot teen uh, PJ party. And, like, it's so important to Kate that, like, Lynn has this, like, quintessential Americana experience of having a, 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 a pajama party that, like, this, like, miracle alien visitor is an imposition on that, like, mundane like how how would they have the pajama party at one of the other girls houses how, like how about that no Dude, that's not an option f- fucking bitch they, they only have money and they only have enough money for like two sets yeah maybe like the other the other teens just won't like let like lynn in their house because like yeah their parents like, won't they family. won't allow that but then they, like, send their kids to, like, stay in this house. I mean, like, can you imagine sending your kid... Area code 311 Well, I mean... Had the neighbor not been tipped off, or the neighbor not tipped off the whereabouts of Alf's location, I'm sure that would have that would have done it. <laughs> yeah, that's why was she so interested? She's trying to catch like one of the beatings. She she hears them all the time, but yeah, it's a hairy man. <laughs> it's like shaving I himself in the mirror. <laughs> oh, that's a good line. That's a good line. All right. Well, uh, I think we made it. That was the end of the episode. Believe it or not, that was like. That was like the payoff. I, I nothing with feet in it. <laughs> now I must say I'm kind of proud for not not making a Simpsons quote during this whole thing. It was very tough, but I pulled through. Well, you were you, you were welcome to, and I, I imagine um, Alf is back in Pog form would have been the go-to. Well, no, actually, he's back in Pod form. Ah, ah, I love it. Yeah, maybe that could be the, the title. Alf is back in pod form. Trademark. Byron Hussey. There you go. It's all mine. I'll let you have that one. I'm taking it. Take it away. All right. Alf is back in pod form. That's it. That's what we're calling it. Help me, Rhonda. Fuck fuck that. That's trash. (laughs) By the way, Rhonda is his girlfriend. E.T. is a movie. This is real. (laughs) Yeah, I I wrote that one down, too. Like They were like calling E.T. out. Like, this is... This is more real than ET. There's a very subtle, like, the, the high level kind of, you know, fourth wall breaking joke. It was like, e- oh, you thought you liked ET? You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> Shit is like, real life. This is much worse than ET. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more of it. Unless, Three seasons worth. Unless you count. Three? That. Is that how long it lasted? Uh, I don't know. What's 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 103 divided by however many episodes there were in the season? Yeah, sure. That's a, that sounds three. like a number. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, this has been fun. I uh, hope we can maybe maybe we can lure uh, Furman out for the next one. Um, if not, maybe we can trick somebody else into into sitting in. You know, find it's not him. Place. I do know some uh, some well-rounded cryptozoologists. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, make some phone calls and, and some emails and All right. see what I can do. All right. Maybe we could even like find a girl. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna send this out, sort of like the way we came in, um, with one last fun little ditty. All right. Do your thing. From the world of Alf, and that is. Sounds a little like this. Wait, it still goes a little bit like, like this. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. See you next week. See you next time. On. In Skip, Larry, Muffin, and Gordon. The Muff Show.